Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the online campus of Simple Church. My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to say thanks for being with us. We hope that uh, you enjoy the time of worship. And today, we are going to continue in our summer series. And what this is all about is not necessarily a particular topic that we're working on together. This is actually just a collection of talks that we believe we're going to show up every week and that God is going to speak to us. And so last week, we uh, had a conversation around the power of God. And I hope that you got an opportunity to tune into that this week. We're going to talk about a subject that is very, very, very important. And it is about your pets because this is there's this this trend that is going across uh, our social media across our lives and it has a lot to do there are problems with your pets now let me just let you know where I'm coming from uh, as a kid when I grew up in my house uh, I had a hamster at a very young age not only did that hamster bite me on a regular basis but it peed on me some years later we wound up getting a dog we got a, a toy poodle and his name was Buddy We loved Buddy, except for the fact that Buddy peed on everything. We rehoused Buddy and gave him to another family that that, uh, wanted to have Buddy. Well, growing up, I I didn't have any other pets until I got a family of my own, and we decided to get a cat, and her name was Daisy May. And the problem with Daisy May was she peed on everything. I don't know if you're seeing a pattern that developed here, but I'm really not into this whole pets peeing on things. And so I would say that for the longest time, I was not a pet person. I was just not into it. I do have a question, though, a mere quandary, uh, just to see if your head is in the same place as mine. If you take a cat that's peeing on everything and you throw it out the window of a moving vehicle, does it become kitty litter? I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not really sure what you think about that. I didn't do that. You just need to know that. I was just, I was just curious how you felt about that. It's just a joke. Uh, but anyway, so, so after the cat, we didn't have pets, any more pets. And, uh, and so a few years went by and my wife said, Aaron, she said, listen, you know, our kids are getting a certain age. She said, I think we need to get a dog. And I said, no, unequivocally, no, I'm not a pet person. No, we don't need a dog. They pee on everything. Absolutely not. And then she said, Aaron, if we don't get a dog, I think I want a baby. And I said, what kind of dog would you like? And, uh, and so we started having the conversation about the dog, but I continued to put it off. And, but my wife and my daughter went out and they were going to the animal shelter and they were visiting dogs. And I kept saying to her, I said, what are you doing? She's like, look, nothing, nothing. We're not buying a dog. We're not doing it without you. We're, we're, just, we're just looking, you know, they're lonely and need some love too. And, and then it happened one day. I was literally out of excuses. My wife showed up as I walked out of the door of my office at work. It was six o'clock and my daughter, the the vehicle rolls up on me and my daughter leans out the window holding a leash and she says, we're getting a dog. And I said, no, Shanda, we don't have a kennel. She said, I already bought it. It's at the house. It's already put together. It's in the living room. I said, we don't have any food. She said, I've got food. I've got leashes. I've got bowls. I've got everything that they're going to need. And I said, babe, I haven't even had dinner yet. She said, I got a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's. Get in the car. The place closes at seven. I had no excuses anymore, and that night we had to go and get a dog. Now, I have to let you know that 
because of what I'm about to tell you. I don't have an issue with pets. What I have is a problem with people who are pet people because pet people think that since they love their dog that you should love their dog just as much as they love their dog, which is simply not true. You love your dog, you love the kisses, you love the drool, you love the hair, not me. And there are plenty of people that are just like me that because I like dogs, but I like dogs who understand boundaries. And that is very few of them indeed, because a lot of them like to jump on you. They want to get their hair on you. They want to lick you. They want to kiss you in your mouth, in your mouth, in it. I don't like that. And some of you, you like that, but they, they, but my problem is, is that, is that, uh, uh, there are very few dogs that understand boundaries, and the thing is, is you, is you people who are pet people, you bring your pets everywhere. You, you take, them, take them around like they're humans. You bring them into stores, you take them on trips with you, you take them onto airplanes. You, you, you take them everywhere, and some people would simply say, enough is enough. So let me help you here to figure out whether or not you're a pet person or not. I've got a list, so you might want to write these down. So here we go. Here's how you know if you're a pet person. First is that your profile picture is of you or of you and your pet or just of your pet. Number two, you've bought anything at all from a dog bakery. You might be a pet person. Third way is if you've ever dressed your pet, which is totally just unacceptable by the way. Or maybe you even know your pet's birthday and you celebrate it with a cake or you dress them up and you have a party for them. Or the fifth way is maybe you share your bed with your pet, which a lot of people think is just super gross. And then the last way, of course, is if you own a cat. Come on, you had to know that that was coming. So the, that's the list. And here's the thing, I'm okay with you loving your pet. I'm absolutely okay. The problem starts when you think I need to love your pet the way that you love your pet. So celebrate your pet, enjoy your pet, but leave us out of it is what some people would say. Now, before I move past this list, here's what you actually need to know about me. That though I spent the majority of my life not being a pet person, on this list, your profile picture is of your pet. Well, mine is of Stella right now. <laughs> if you've ever bought anything from a dog bakery, my sister literally works at the dog bakery and she gives us treats for our dogs. If you dress your pet, this is Hercules and Stella and Sage. They're all dressed up. We do that. You celebrate your pet's birthday. This is Stella's birthday. We're not real sure what Hercules' birthday is. You share your bed with your pet. This is Dexter. This is the first dog I ever had. And nope, I don't own the cat. That's the only redeeming thing for me on that list. So I guess it turns out I'm a pet person too, even though all my life I wouldn't have identified myself that way. I love my pet and I hope you'll love my pet, but I'm also aware that not everybody loves my pet. So I'm very cautious and I let people know, hey, I've got animals. Are you okay with it? Like I ask permission. I leave the invitation. I'm willing to put my pets away because I'm aware not everybody loves my pets the way I love my pets. So the problem is with those of you who lack awareness <laughs> and maybe it's even care. You don't care if people like your pets or not. But some of you are like, no, I, I agree with him, but I'm really curious, where is he going with this? Because so far he's talked about his pets. Hang on. Here we go. Here's my point. This same mentality in culture about our pets is bleeding over into our churches. We, we as individuals spend a lot of time, 
uh, excuse me, we as, we as a church, as Simple Church, have spent a lot of time defining and repeating who we are as a church. And this verse actually helps us restate who we are. It's Colossians 1.28. It says, so we continue to preach Christ to each other, using all wisdom to warn and to teach everyone in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature person in Christ. So in this verse, you can see how we've defined ourselves. The thing that we believe that, that God has for every person on their journey, first is to know God. That's the, the preaching Christ to everyone, right? Then we have the warn and teach everyone. This is the find freedom part that we have where people get into small groups, they get discipled and they, they settle their past and their yesterdays. And then in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature person in Christ, this is where they discover their purpose and then learn how they, you can use that purpose to make a difference. And here's the thing. This is the problem. All of us have different gifts and each of us uses those different gifts. And when we do that and we use them together, the church is better for it. Paul said it this way, Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All of us have to do our part for the church to be healthy, growing, and full of love. But here's where we're leading up to the problem. The problem is, is that a lot of people come into a relationship with Jesus. They discover that they've got a purpose and they become very, very passionate about that gifting and about that pet purpose. And you know what? They totally should. But the problem is, and this is, this is the most important thing, is that that per pet purpose oftentimes becomes more important than anybody else's purpose, and it's to the exclusion of everyone else's gifts. Your gifting is special, but not for those without that gifting. Understand what I'm saying is, is that your gifting, your pet purpose is important, but it's not more important than your brother and sister in Christ's gift. We have to like pet people who celebrate their dogs and their slobbery kisses and thinks you should too. And we think our gift is most important. So problem is that we fall into that when we start behaving that way, we fall into a mindset where, where we're like, okay, our gift is more important than everybody else's gift and this is what we should focus on. We call this church service Christianity. Church service Christianity is the belief that, that all giftings of our church have to happen during our Sunday morning gatherings. In other words, so evangelism, uh, deliverance ministries, outreach, uh, preaching and teaching and prophecy, and all of it absolutely has to happen within the gathering that happens on Sunday, that one hour of time. And if it doesn't happen, then it's not the full expression of the body of Christ. And that's the problem because church isn't, that Sunday morning hour is not what we do uh, the, the church, it, it's not that hour. It's actually who we are. Like we, we, don't, we don't have to do all that we know how to do in one single hour of the day. And we specifically don't have to do your gifting during that Sunday morning hour at church. It doesn't mean that it's not important. It just means that it's not going to be done there. So a healthy church, by the way, isn't a church that doesn't do what you want it to do. A healthy church is a church, like Paul said, that is growing and loving. In other words, all of us should be engaged in our pet purpose, but not demanding the celebration of our pet purpose to the exclusion of all the others. A perfect example is I had a gentleman come to our church and he said I, he had a gifting to flow in, in um, 
in this particular gifting. And he's like, I, I would love to do it on stage for the, for the congregation at some point in that time. And I said, okay, here, I would love for you to do that. Uh, you've been here for a hot second. So I would love for you to go through growth track. I would love for you to find out what we do, learn our heart and be part of what we do. And then I'll let you do that. But unfortunately, this, this guy felt like his gifting was more important than being part of the body. And so he left our congregation and that's okay. We, we bless him as he goes. But this particular attitude that your gift is more important than anybody else's is divisive and it ought not be in our church. We need to join in serving and celebrating other gifts too. So hear me clearly, your pet purpose is important and there is a place for it, but it might not be during the one hour that we gather on Sunday, or it might not be, it might be done on a Sunday, but not done every Sunday. So the question we have to ask as we approach this is, are you a pet person? Are you a pet person? Do you believe that your purpose, your pet purpose, or what you love about church is the only thing that needs to be celebrated, is the only thing that needs to be focused on as a church? And it's, again, it's okay to have a pet, but it's not okay if you believe it's the only thing that's important. So today, here's what I'm going to do is give you three keys to help bring some balance to us. Because what I desire for you is that verse we read in Ephesians that says that we are to be a healthy and growing and full of love church. That means that there are new people coming into our church who are joining us in the process. They're going through growth track. There are people that are growing. They join a grow group and they're, they're, they're settling their past. And then we, that means that we also create an environment of love so that we can reach people that are far from God and teach them to follow Jesus step by step. Like this is how it happens. And that's the church that God has called us to have. So here we go. Here's the first key. The first thing you need to do to bring balance to all of this is identify your pet. Is your, is your pet purpose, is it evangelism? Is it outreach? Is it discipleship? Is it being a teacher or even being a pastor or shepherd of people? Is it administrative or is your ministry helps? Like, what is it? Because here's the thing. Each one of us has gifts. According to Romans 12, 6, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now, that word there... Uh, it, that's used is the word charis in the uh, Greek, and it means grace, right? It means grace gifts. So when we, we use that word charis, that's where we get the name charismatic. Now, you may have a whole bunch of baggage that is attached to that name charismatic, and it might mean a wild and kind of out-of-control church service, and that's not what we're talking about. But I would tell you that as a church, Simple Church, we are a charismatic church. doesn't mean that we're weird or that we have weird services. is that we simply celebrate the Holy Spirit's gifting of special gifts in each one of us. Each of us has a different gift that is given that will allow us to make a difference in this world. And that's what's important. When we discover that gift, we develop a passion for that gift, and that's good. But sometimes that passion drives us to devalue other people's giftings. In the church, we believe wrongly so, the church has to be about our gifts. So easy way to know what you're passionate about is answering the question, what is a deep church to you? What does it mean that, that like, hey man, this, this church is really deep, man. They're, they're, they're really ringing my heart bells. Does that mean that, would your answer to that question be that, well, well, man, they really study the word of God really well. Or would your answer to that question be like, 
man, they, they are out there. They are serving underprivileged people on a regular basis. Does it mean that, that you value evangelism, which just means reaching the lost and getting people saved? Is your, your gifting that you're all about, or you think would be a deep church, would be deliverance ministry, people getting set free from, their, from the baggage of their past and settling their yesterdays? Would you say a deep church is a church that focuses on marriages that are healed or healthy families and kids? Like, whatever it is, we believe that these things uh, are important as well. Whatever that gifting is, whatever that you, you would say, all right, that, that would be deep ministry to me or deep church to me. It is possible that you believe so passionately about what is a deep church for you that you believe that all of the resources of the church should be poured into that ministry. And what that would do, though, is hijack all the other ministry that is capable of being done as a church. Paul said this in Romans 14, 20, and this is why I bring it up. He says, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Now, this is, this is why I say it. Paul's giving a warning. And the food in this situation was somebody's pet purpose. It was the serving of food and the food that they would eat. He says, don't destroy the work of God for the sake of, and we could just insert here, your pet purpose or your pet passion. Don't destroy all of the ministry because it isn't what you like or because it isn't what you're passionate about. Some of you, your pet purpose is so important to you that unless you get to do it, you don't even come to church on Sundays. We see that here at Simple Church sometimes. You're just like, if I'm not scheduled to serve in kids, man, or if I'm not scheduled to serve on the media team, I'm just not going to show up for church. And let me tell you something, that particular attitude is divisive because it's you choosing to not be part of what we're doing on a regular basis. It's you refusing to connect and to celebrate other people's serving and their gifting as well. Being part of a body where you are rooted in that. And most people, here's the thing, whether you realize it or not that that attitude is destroying the church, most people who destroy the church, they don't do it intentionally. They do it under the pretense of protecting what's most important to them about church. And what happens oftentimes when you don't get your way, when your gifting isn't the priority at a church that you attend, we wind up leaving. We wind up leaving, we wind up trash talking that church that won't make your pet purpose the main thing. And ultimately what happens is you're being divisive not only at that church, but you're being divisive to the body of Christ. We, know, we need all the churches in every single community to take as many to heaven with us as possible. We need every church that is around us to be whole and we need to be in unity with them. Now, I'm going to pastor you for just a second. If that's you and man, you've left this church because of this thing or you've left this church because of that thing, one thing or another. And, and I've been in conversations with a lot of you as you tried to share your past pains and the problems at all of these different churches. And, let, and I'm just going to suggest something that, that I would even suggest in an individual conversation with you, but I'm going to suggest it corporately. If everywhere you go, there's a problem, the problem might be you that you're the common denominator in each one of those situations. It could be that you are so focused on your passion and your gifting that you have forsaken all the other giftings and devalued them and therefore devalued that church, its leadership, and its potential. One of my pastors always said to me, if everywhere you go it smells like dog dew, check your shoes. It's probably you. So let me just say this. It, it is, it, we have to uh, be careful because if we're not, we'll wind up creating a culture where of people who hate the bride of Christ because we're constantly tearing down other churches because your gift is so important. 
And as a result of your gift being so important, you won't get planted in a church. It means that you won't stay there. You won't ride out the problems. You won't be part of the solution. You won't be willing to celebrate the other giftings that are there. And as a result, you're not flourishing. In fact, let me read this to you. Psalm 92, 12 through 15 says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. See, if you're not planted in a, in a house of God, that's what flourishing is connected to, is being planted there. It says, they will still, still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. Man, I want you to flourish. As your pastor, that's my desire for you. I want to see you growing. I want to see you healthy, and I want to see you full of love but you're never gonna get, you're never gonna flourish. You're never gonna be healthy and growing and full of love unless you plant yourself. Because there's an awful lot of you, you want your marriage to be healthy. You want your kids and your family to be healthy. You want your finances and your life all on track, but you're refusing to get planted. Get planted, write out the issues that are there. Don't devalue other people's pet purposes and even know your own. It's important that you do. But, but regardless of that, we have to decide to stay planted so that we flourish, regardless of any problems that may arise. And this is why as, as a pastor and as a church, we ask you to give us a year. We say, if you give us a year, we promise you that your life will have changed. That's why we want it because you know what, there's a, there's a lot of uh, vegetation and a lot of plants that when you plant them, they don't produce fruit for an entire year. It's just part of the process. So I'm asking you, give us a year. So we need to identify your pet. You ask yourself, what is deep church to you? And we also have growth track that'll help you identify what your pet is. There's uh, step number two is where you discover your purpose. We want you to know how you are wired. We give you assessments to help you understand how God has wired you and gifted you to make a difference in people's lives. That's four sessions to understanding your gifting. If you want, want to take part of growth track, even though we aren't gathering right now, if you'll click this connect card up here and let us know, I, I'm interested in taking growth track. We will make sure we get connected with you to figure out how we can do that in an online version for you. Uh, we already have a format that we believe will work and we would love to walk you through that. But we believe that you need to understand your gifting so that you can make a difference. And, and you need to do, know that so that you can live a full and fulfilled Christian life. But once you identify your pet, the second thing you need to do is leash your pet. Come on, somebody. We need to leash your pet. Your pet should not be out here running wild. Not in the real world, and your, your pet purpose shouldn't be running wild either, forcing it on everybody that's around you. In Reynoldsburg, the city where I live, we actually have leash laws. If your dog is caught off of its leash, they could fine you $150 for every time that it happens. And that's every pet. That's not even, because I know that I know you, because my dog, I got one dog. One dog's doofy and the other one's real obedient. Stella will walk next to me. I don't have to put her on a leash. She can carry her own leash. It kind of looks like she's on a leash, but she's not. She's carrying that leash. Uh, but I don't do that. We actually leash her up and walk her, even though she's one of those good dogs, because you never know. Unleashed pets oftentimes create problems because man, at any given moment, there could be a bunny rabbit or a squirrel and those dogs take off. So listen, we have to leash our pets. For me, you know, it, there was a day that, uh, that we came out and we discovered that my son had uh, mowed the grass and the fence was open. And man, we let the dogs out not knowing that the, the gate was open. And uh, here's what happened. Stella, Stella is, she loves home. She loves the couch. She loves soft places to lay. 
Uh, she's our lazy dog. And Stella got out and she ran out to the front of the house and then up on the porch and was just looking in the front door trying to get inside. Hercules though, AKA Doofy, Hercules was out, we're going on an adventure. And Hercules was gone. And here's the deal. He ruined everybody's night because we had to go find him. We found him hours later and there was a family that had taken him in and we, my son happened to be walking by and recognized, hey, that's my dog. They were bringing him inside. Like pets that are off of their leashes cause problems. They need boundaries and a leash does that. We need leashes because leashes ultimately create limits. And that's what I'm saying to you. Your pet purpose, we need to have a limit. They, we need leashes so that there is a limit to it because your area of passion is important, but we can't be, be a church uh, and we can't be a church that God called us without your purpose, without you walking in your purpose. You need to know that. We absolutely need you to do that, but it can't be the only thing that we are required to do. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So like for us in, in, in particular, we come together and we do worship. And we believe that scripture bears out that worship needs to be done in an orderly and fitting way whenever we gather. And so therefore, our worship happens in an hour time period and we do it with order. Now, some churches have environments of chaos and what they want to do is label that as spiritual. And we don't do that at Simple Church. At Simple Church, we're going to be orderly while we worship. Let me say it to you this way. You can dance in your underwear at home, but not when you have guests over. Let me explain that. That's probably a healthy thing if you do that. You know, dancing in front of the mirror while you're home alone, checking your reflection and telling your best friend, like, girl, I think my butt getting big. Oh, that, that's Nelly. It's getting hot in here. Oh. Anyway, I don't know why I did that just there. But, uh, but, dan- but you can dance in your, in your underwear at home. That's fine. But not, not when guests are around. You, you absolutely cannot do that. And we've all done that. Uh, or we all do that, I would just say. But, uh, but, but it's weird and awkward and uncomfortable, not just for you, but for your guests if you try to do that when they're there. And in church, I understand that we have people that want to dance. We have people that want to wave flags. We have people that want to, w- want to do what they believe is, is their pet purpose, but, but not on weekends, not, not when we have guests. Because at Simple Church, church, we work hard to create an environment where people can safely come and be introduced to Jesus. That is our main goal, to gather and worship, but to create an environment where people can meet Jesus for the very first time. And we do that every single Sunday. We like to say it this way, we love that you worship that way, but not right now. In fact, I had a woman approach me uh, probably a year or so ago, and she said, listen, my friend does prophetic dancing. Now, I've never heard of prophetic dancing. I can't find it anywhere in the Bible. I've heard of dancing before the Lord but never attaching the word prophetic to it. And so I was interested. I said, tell me more about that. And she began to describe and said, the reason I reached out to you is because your website talks about honoring people's giftings and and that you find that valuable. And she's like, when my friend dances, this gift is so amazing. And I said, can you help me understand the purpose behind it? And she said, well, it's just ministry to God. And and I said, well, where does she feel like she's going to need to dance? Could she dance in the back of the room? Oh no, she has to dance in front of everybody. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. No, thank you. I'm sure that it'd be beautiful. I'm sure that it, that it would minister to the Lord, but it's just not going to be for us because here's the thing. We've got guests. We've got people that are far from God who simply don't understand what's going on. And here's the thing. We consider our church kind of like a car dealership. Hear me out. 
The weekend service is a showroom floor. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have a service department because we do. We do difficult things in people's spiritual journeys. We just don't do them on Sunday mornings during that one hour of service. We have to do the right things at the right times. We simply couldn't fit it all into that one hour because we have discipleship, we have outreach, we have counseling, we do mission trips and more, just not on Sunday mornings. And so we have to let go of this church service Christianity. And remember, we are the church. We are to live as the church. And I'd say this, church begins when service ends, right? Because we talk about going to church, but we can't go to the church. We are the church. And church, the life that we live, that's, that's us being the church, begins when our service ends. Because there's a lot more appropriate environments for our pet purpose than just Sunday morning. There's more hours in the day. There's more days in the week than Sunday where your pet purpose fits into. So especially in an environment where we aren't even meeting together right now. Like we don't even have a Sunday morning service that we're gathering together. This is it. And some of you are acting out, acting on uh, your, your pet purpose right now. And that's awesome. But understand that it won't always fit into a Sunday morning service. So identify your pet, leash your pet, but we also need you to exercise your pet. That's right. You know, I, I think I've said this already and I need you to hear me clearly. I love that you have a pet gifting and a pet purpose. We believe that everybody does. We are better together when we all operate as a body, when we celebrate each other's giftings, when we allow those giftings to flow and we allow those things, those giftings to be exercised. God has given all of those to us so that we can have a full expression of the body of Christ. And when we do that, we become a growing, a healthy and loving church. All of that is super important. A church that accomplishes together what Jesus sent us to do is a church that is all exercising our giftings. The truth is we need you because all gifts matter. Every single one of them matter and we need to and want to include them. Possibly not on a Sunday morning though. So let me say this, whatever it is you're passionate about, we either already do it or believe me, we want to do it. We, we do mission trips. Now this year we had to cancel our mission trip, which I, I'm just going to, pause for just a second and say, man, so many of our mission trippers, uh, the beginning of July is when everybody was supposed to go to Honduras and because of COVID we had to cancel it. So remember them as, as you know, a year's worth of work is kind of being put on pause and we're looking to understand God's purpose and plan in that. But, but we regularly go on mission trips. Right now will be the first year that we haven't gone on those mission trip, uh, on a mission trip. We do feeding programs Monday through Friday in the evenings. We're feeding children in, in parts of our community and more. Just because you don't see it on a Sunday doesn't mean that we don't do it or don't want to do it. Man, I, we want to start prison ministries. We would love to be in the prison and share these services and share all that we do as a church with our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in prison. Jesus said, when you took time to visit somebody in prison, it's like you visited me. Those are important people. They are valuable lives that God loves, and I would love to do that. But I need your giftings in order to be able to do it. We don't even have one right now, but we could if I had you. Or we would love to make sure that we are serving families with, with uh, special needs children. We'd love to, to serve the addiction community even better and so much more. We need you and the giftings that God has placed in you to get these things going, to make them happen. Your pet purpose is important to us at Simple Church. Now back to Ephesians 4 as I just kind of wrap up this little message. Ephesians 4.16 says, As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So as you exercise your pet purpose, as you operate in that gifting, it helps all the other parts. 
it helps us grow so that the whole body, here it is, is healthy. We want the whole body of Christ to be healthy. We want the whole body of Christ to be growing. And watch the last part again. We've already read it. Full of love. If you want to be part of that kind of church, that's what we have at Simple Church. We would love for you to be part of that. We would love you to be part of a church that is a movement on mission to reach people far from God and teach them to follow Jesus step by step. To do that will require a healthy, growing, full of love church. Full of people willing to identify their pet, to leash their pet and put in some limits and boundaries and understand that it's not all going to happen on a Sunday morning and then exercise their pet, like operate in it as often and in all the proper environments so that we can have a full expression of the body of Christ while they remain planted in a church so that they can flourish. That's my hope for you. That's my invitation to you. And that's who we are at Simple Church. Let's pray. Father, my prayer today is that as we remain planted and remain committed to a church, ready to be part of the solution to the problems uh, and, and ready to be part of of, of sticking in and remaining grounded, not bailing whenever issues arise, realizing that problems exist within that church community because there are people there, because people are imperfect. God, we all need grace. We all need help so that we can flourish. We all need uh, to be able to grow in our pet purpose. But God, we also need maturity, realizing that all of the gifts that you have given us, all the gifts that you have placed within, inside of us, must be celebrated and have their place. So let us be a church that is growing healthy and full of love so that we can walk out the mission that you gave us. Now, I'm going to look at this camera right here and tell you evangelism or introducing people to to Jesus is something we do every Sunday. You can count on the fact that each Sunday we're going to give an opportunity for your friends to know Jesus. And this is that moment right now. If you don't know Jesus, here is the opportunity. See, Here's the condition of every man and every woman. We were born in sin, and our sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. God understood this condition would exist, and this sinful nature is what keeps us that separated from God. And the only way that our sins can be paid for by you and I is for us to pay for them in eternity and separation from God. But God made a way for us to be forgiven for the gap that is between us to be bridged and ultimately for us to be able to connect with our Creator, to deal with our sins, to pay the price for it, someone had to come and live a perfect and sinless life, which no man had ever done until God sent His Son, Jesus. Jesus walked this earth for 33 years, perfect and sinless. For three years, the last three years of His life, He healed people, went around doing good and preaching the good news that God loves us all. And that, that a change was coming. And that change was that Jesus willingly laid his life down for you and I. That with his perfect and sinless life that he surrendered and sacrificed as he died on the cross, rising from the dead three days later, he would give you and I the ability to be forgiven of our sins. He was a substitute. He took the penalty for our sin upon himself so that we could be forgiven. We could be restored in relationship with God. And right now, if you feel God drawing you, that's our prayer for you, is that he would draw you to himself. If you feel God drawing you, now is your moment to respond to the invitation that he is making as he is knocking on the door of your heart. He longs to be in relationship with you. He longs to love you. And the way, the way that we connect with him in relationship and are restored is through Jesus. 
It may sound all complicated, but it's not. Jesus paid the price for you. The only thing you have to do is receive it as if it was a gift. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do good works to earn it. You couldn't earn it if you wanted to. It's a free gift that Jesus gives you. So if you're ready to receive that free gift of forgiveness, to be restored into relationship with your Heavenly Father, to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose, and then to make a difference in this world on behalf of God's kingdom, pray this prayer with me. And before you do that, there's a, a banner on the screen right now that says, I'm raising my hand. I'm making that commitment. Would you make that commitment today? Would you say yes to Jesus? Click on that button right now and do it. And then pray these words after me. Say, Jesus... I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer today, all of heaven is having a party celebrating over your decision, over your decision to repent. That means to turn away from your old ways, to trust Jesus as Lord of your life. And listen, I know that you're not going to do that perfectly. God doesn't expect you to do that perfectly and neither do we. We want to help you though. We want to walk with you on your journey. So if you'll click the connect card up here and let us know. I said yes to Jesus. We would love to make sure that you have a Bible. We would love to help you understand your next steps in your spiritual journey and get you connected to, to a church, whether that's our church or not. We would love to be part of your next steps in your spiritual journey. Amen, everybody. Hey, if you're here with us in the chat room, make sure you say hello and uh, celebrate with them for the decisions they've made today. Now listen, guys, as we wrap up our service today, obviously I'm not in the auditorium. I'm uh, at a backyard barbecue with some of my friends. Say hi, everybody. Hi, there's my friends over there. And uh, just a couple things before we wrap up and I go join the party. Uh, first, if you uh, are prepared to give of your tithes and offerings, the, there's a way that, to do that that is appearing on the screen right now. Uh, that There's a text to give, there is online giving. You can also mail in a check if you'd like to. Uh, but thank you so much for your faithfulness. In fact, your faithfulness in giving uh, is allowing us as a church, even though we are not going on a mission trip, we are sending a financial gift that is that I understand is at least $2,600, uh, but should be a little more than that to Honduras to help the Hope Center that we would have gone to serve um, because they are serving their entire community right now through COVID. It's really bad there and they're serving them through feeding. They're serving them uh, in lots of ways. And so our money will go a long way there in Honduras. And so your faithful giving has allowed us to be able to send a generous gift. And we just thank you so much for being part of that. Uh, as you f figure out and sort out how you're going to give, let me just share one last thing. Uh, we have been doing a feeding program the last week and a half, and uh, you can be part of that in the evenings. It's Monday through Friday. We serve from 5.15 to 6 p.m. It's just a 45-minute uh, commitment, but we would love to have you help us. We need three people each night to do that. It's in partnership with the Dream Center and the Children's Hunger Alliance. And so far, we have served 96 meals, and we are so excited about that. We're building momentum, gaining some traction, and looking forward to making a greater difference in that community. So uh, you can sign up. The link is being shared right now, whether you're watching online or on Facebook, know that you can join us there. Click that link, choose a day, and uh, let us know how many people you're coming. We can have up to three team members each day help us. And I'm still thankful for everybody that's come out and helped so far. It will The feeding program will last the length of the summertime. So make sure you sign up and come out with us. It's an incredible time for you to be blessed as you are a blessing to others to exercise your pet purpose possibly and even celebrate the pet purpose of others so listen i love you guys i'm so thankful for you uh thank you so much for tuning in today but uh thanks dar i appreciate it 
it is time for me to get to my party over here. So God bless you. We'll see you next week.